I think this is so important just because feelings are all over the place. And we explain that, that feelings often is where our happiness comes from. And so if, if you had a good day, happiness is up. If you had a bad day, got bad news, dinner burnt, husband came home grouchy, whatever, happiness drops out. But joy is an inner calm or an inner, uh, it's an inner happiness that comes from inside of our heart, which literally means you can go through something that is difficult and you can lean into God. That's what the word rejoice means. When we started off with this, we were talking about rejoicing in God. It literally means that I can choose in my mind if I'm going to lean or, or meditate or ponder upon the problem or I'm going to lean into all the characteristics of who God is. God is faithful. I'm going to fill my mind up with what God is, who God is, and what he does. And this is so important for us to grab a hold of and understand. And so that's what it means to rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Your feelings might be literally, I feel like it's the end of the world. But inwardly, I know that God is in control. And that's the difference between joy and happiness. And so last week, we got into this supernatural, this divine peace, this divine joy that Proverbs, Philippians 4 was talking about. And it said in verse 7, I just want to touch on this. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, you're never going to fully get it. It goes beyond your understanding. Shall keep, guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And so this is, this is so important for us to understand. That is not something that you can understand. And we, we use the illustration Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were placed in the fiery furnace. They should have died. Their bodies should have been consumed. They should have been dead on the spot. But that's not what happened. The Bible says that Jesus was inside it. We could see this manifestation of God being with them. And the Bible says they came out and their clothes weren't even singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. You say, how is that possible? It's not. It goes beyond our understanding. It was the divine presence and protection of God. And that's what I want us to understand that God has promised us. God said, it won't even make sense. I'll carry you through circumstances and problems and fallouts. I'll bring you through things that won't even make sense that you can have peace during that time. And God promised that he would do that. <clears throat> and so it's divine protection against anxiety and worry. Not that you're not going to go through it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went right through it. But it didn't destroy them because God was with them. So today I want to talk about cultivating a joyful thought life. How to cultivate a joyful So let's talk about how, how we build this up inside of us, to, to have a thought life or a mind that is operating like a machine that is able to, to bring joyful, uh, joyful thoughts and joyful energy to our lives. And I use that word cultivate, it, and I want to explain this because I, I know some of you will relate to this. Uh, the word cultivate, according to Google, okay, Google says it is to nurture or to help grow. Uh, cultivate means like a farmer cultivates crops. They, they, they do the work to, to nourish them and to bring them and help them to grow. When you cultivate something, you work to make it better. The key word, you work at it to make it better. Originally, the word referred to only crops uh, that required tilling and that type of thing. And so I, I want to use that concept of cultivating this. And um, when I was a kid, my dad had this idea of uh, getting a garden. 
we, we bought this property. We had five acres. We had the house on the property. And my dad said, I think it'd build character in our kids. And, you know, it'd be great to have fresh vegetables and all this other stuff. Well, the ground was not conducive for this whatsoever. My, my dad wasn't worried about that. My dad bought from some guy, uh, you know, on, uh, through the paper or whatever, uh, an old rot- rototiller. And it was a piece of junk. And my, my dad got out there and he beat us to death. And we, we did this giant garden. It was like 30 40, feet by 30, 40 feet by 50 feet or something. Might not have been that big. I remember it being that big. And I just remember going through it and tilling it over and over again. And then chopping up the, the big clumps of dirt and planting. And we got to choose what we're going to plant. And I remember us having corn and cucumbers and radishes and tomato plants and all okra. Uh, for you that are Southerners that know what okra is, it's a, it's a, anyways. So we, we had all these different things that we were planting in there. But I'll tell you what else happened in the garden. We, we'd get weeds. I mean, I'm telling you, the weeds would come in. We would spend a couple of days not being in the garden. And two days later, it would be overwhelmed with these weeds. You didn't have to ask for the weeds. They would just kind of come in there. It would naturally happen. And I think there's so much application to that because of the fact is in order to cultivate the good that we wanted to grow in there, we, we had to put work and attention and guard from the things that we didn't want in there to cultivate the things that we did want in there. And so we, we could not allow the weeds to grow because they would take over. It was not an option. It's so weird how the weeds would, would take up the nutrients, it, it, would, it would take up, it, it would absorb the water, it would choke out the good that was in there. So I want you to kind of keep that in mind as we go through this. So let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It says, finally, he gets to this and he says, hey, let me, let me say something. Let me just get to the point of what I'm trying to say. Finally, brethren, my brothers and sisters in Christ, the ones that should be having this joyful life, He said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And he says, and the peace of God shall be with you. So God has this promise of this divine peace that, he, like we studied before, goes beyond description. You can't even imagine how this would work, but it does require some action on our part. So look at verse 9. It says to, he says, these things you have learned and received and heard and seen these things. He said, you've taken all these things and you've pulled them into your life. He said, you've seen them, you've heard about them, you've read about these things. He said, you pull these things in your life. And he said, now there's action. Now, there's two action words that are in, in verse 8 and verse 9. Look, look at these two action words. He says, think. That word means to meditate. It just doesn't mean to have the thought pop into your head. It literally means to think or ponder or, or let it resonate in your heart and mind. That's in verse 8. The second action word is do. It's an action. He said, think about these things and do these things. There are two things. And so I, I think it's, it's important for us to understand that your thinking becomes an action in your life. If you want joyful or a joyful, rejoicing life, the Bible says you've got to cultivate these things in your life. You've got to meditate that, that your mind is a garden. We're going to plant these things, cultivate them so that we can reap the harvest of joy. That is what we're talking about this. 
So the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think, we're talking about this word think, as a man thinks in his heart, as he, as he takes these things and he ponders these things in his emotions, that's what's going to come up. That, that's who he is. When I was a kid, and I've, I've told this story before, uh, I, I, I remember we were obsessed with karate. And a lot of it started with a movie that some of you remember back from the 80s. It was The Karate Kid. And it was the coolest movie, one of the coolest movies that ever came out. And I remember uh, Daniel's son learning all these things from painting the fence and, and you know, standing on that, that, uh, that piece of wood out by the uh, dock, by the water, and jumping up and down and kicking. And at the end of it, he won this tournament. And, and I remember watching that movie, and we would go out and we would practice karate moves, and we would, we would fight each other, and we, we'd pick up weapons, we'd do all these things. And it's so funny how that had such an impact on us. What you thought about came into our mind, we thought about it, and then we started acting out on those things. And then when part two came out, we watched part two, and I remember we started taking karate lessons. I took karate for five, six years of my life, and it was a big part of me. It all started from seeing something that affected my mind, that affected my heart, that affected my actions. So you think about this. What you put into your head is what you think about. What you think about becomes your character. What you think about, what you put into your head between your ears and your eyes, your gates, is what you think about. What you think about becomes what you do, becomes your action. And so the, the Bible says this about the same principle in Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So the Bible is literally telling us this, that, that what you think about is what comes out of you. If it's evil that you think about, it's going to be evil that you do. You know, if, 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 if it's all spiteful, if you sit there and you're angry at somebody, you, you let that cultivate in your mind, eventually you'll, you'll start uh, debating with them. You'll slander them. You'll, you'll say evil things against them. You, if you see them, it will show in your demeanor. It will show in your facial expressions. It's the same thing. If it's good that you're thinking about, and that's why the Bible tells us to think on the good things. It's good that comes out of us. And so it's just, it's the same thing about being around somebody that's upset with, uh, obsessed with sports. They watch ESPN, they listen to talk radio, it gets in their mind, and then somebody says, well, they should have won that game. I differ with you. And then they go into this whole thing because their whole mind has been cultivated with this thinking. That's what they've been obsessing about. It's the natural thing that happens. So your heart and your mind has to be viewed as a garden. What you plant is what you grow. Okay, what you put in your garden is what's going to come out of your garden. What you allow to grow, whether it's weeds or uh, fruits and vegetables or whatever, it's, those things also will be what comes out of the ground as well. It's just what's going to happen, whether it's a tree or a plant, whatever. What you plant, what you grow is what you reap from this. And so, and just like weeds, you don't have to plant the evil in your mind. Did you guys know that? You don't have to plant weeds. You don't have to plant evil. It will find its way in. It's what naturally happens. It's, it's all around us. Whether it's from the wrong kind of friends or the wrong kind of entertainment or what we read or what we listen to, 
We allow those things without even thinking about it, where we sit and watch a show, or we sit and listen to music. We do these things, and all of a sudden, all those things begin to get into our minds. And it, it, the Bible is, is very keep, uh, clear about Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Neuroscience says that we have about 70,000 thoughts every day. And whatever those thoughts that are come in, the Bible says to keep or to guard your heart with all diligence. 70,000, you can't drop your guard for two seconds because I promise you that weed will get in. It will start to grow. Bitterness, anger, lust, wrath, malice, whatever it is, it gets in there and it begins to grow in there. And the Bible says you've got to guard your heart. I want to give you a, a visual with this. It's Think of your brain, your heart, your mind as like a party. All right, you're going to throw a party. But this mind, you understand that there's a very strict list of who's allowed to come into your party, into your mind. And so you have to, you have to be the, your own bouncer to your party. And you're going to stand there and make sure if they're not on the list, they're not getting in. So you th- think about that. So the Bible says with this, if things don't line up with what the Bible says, and they're not on the list of what God says should be in our minds in order for there to be joy, you say, get out. That's literally what we're talking about. There should, should be some things that come into our minds or thoughts or a way of thinking that the Bible says if they are not on the list of what God has said in this passage, it's time for you to be the bouncer and say, no, you can't come in. You got to get out. Or if they do get in like that weed, you throw them out. So here's what they are. This is what we're saying if it doesn't line up with this. This is the guest list of our mind, okay? Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are true. Remember, we're talking about think on these things. So the first thing is whatever is true. You say, why is that important? Because we deal in a world with feelings. It's feelings. It's it's, how we feel is important. We tell people to follow your heart. We've had people that have ruined their families by having affairs. Why? I followed my heart. My heart led me to this relationship. My heart, it just felt right. Feelings are very deceptive, when you, especially when you're feeling, uh, following your heart. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I'm sure Adam and Eve, when they were about to eat of the fruit, one of them looked over at him and said, I don't know. I know we shouldn't do this, but it just feels right. You know, because we go by our feelings. But the Bible gives us truth. It's absolute it's like that rock. It's, it's, the Bible talks about it being that rock. It doesn't matter what's going on around us and, and the, the, the storm of life or whatever could be affecting our feelings or pushing us. The, the word of God doesn't change. It's not like feelings and emotions. It's not up and down. So the truth, you think about what should be in your mind. It's truth. Truth about uh, the difference between a man and a woman. And, and we, we have the world that is sitting there going, well, I just feel it's this and I feel that. It doesn't matter. We go to truth, which is solid. We only let those things in, which are truth. Truth about whether you're saved or not. You know, some of us will go through things and it's like, man, I drifted from God. Or I ran off and did something that was wrong. I, I messed up. I, I, I thought the wrong thing or I did the wrong thing. I said the wrong thing. It gets in our mind, maybe I'm just not saved. We go to truth. That's what I want. Not doubt, not fears, all those things. We check it and say, wait a minute, what did the Bible say? For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. 
It, it, it's, we, we, we have to cultivate truth. That's why we have to have the word of God in our minds because it's truth. Next thing it says, whatsoever things are honest. Honest. That, that word honest means a few things. It means worthy of respect. It, it means worthy of your time. You, you take it and if something comes into your mind and all of a sudden it's, it's something that is uh, maybe a comment that somebody made and it, it begins to wear on you. Somebody makes a comment on Facebook. That's, that's a real application. Okay, Somebody makes a comment and you're like, I wonder if they meant that towards me. I, I, why would they say that? I wonder if that had something to do with what I posted last week. I bet you it is. And all of a sudden, you're realizing that it's pulling your mind in another direction when you should have been a bouncer in your mind. And you think, wait a minute, that, I don't even know if that's the honest, real thing that happened. I'm cultivating. I'm allowing a weed to grow in my mind that's going to choke out all the joy in my life. And I don't even know if this is true. I don't even know if it's honest. I, I, it's, it's not worth my time to sit there and think, what if, or maybe they meant this. So as the bouncer of your mind, you say, get out. Uh-uh. I'm not going to spend my mind thinking about maybe they meant this, or maybe they were referencing it if they didn't. It says, whatsoever things are just. The just is talking about, we've talked about this before, about being a judge, where you hold it to a standard in your life. It dictates what is right. You sit there in your mind, and all of a sudden, if, if you're frustrated or aggravated or your mind is getting worried, you go, wait a minute, that's not, that's not how I'm supposed to live. I'm allowing this to affect my feelings or emotions or my thought life or whatever, and that's not how it's supposed to be. So you think, take things which are right, and you say, that's not lining up, and you throw it out. This is not right or something that might be causing division. You might start developing hard feelings towards somebody. And you're thinking, wait a minute, that is not right. I'm going to be the judge of my mind and determine that that doesn't, I, I, I'm getting aggravated at them and I shouldn't be. It's got to go. I don't, I don't care what that thought was or whatever. It's got to go. It says whatsoever things are pure. That word pure means wholesome, morally pure. God has given us so much to define. This is what is right. This is pure. This is good. This is what you should, it's not contaminated. And you think about this world, uh, it's filled with impurities. So you ask yourself, does this pull my mind to lust? Does this create sinful thoughts? You you think about in the world that we live in with movies and entertainment and Facebook and articles and videos and video clips and everything that is all around us. 70,000 thoughts a day come into our mind. And you sit there and say, wait a minute, why am I thinking about this? Why am I even entertaining this? This is not pure. It's got to go. I've got to stop thinking about this because it's, it's, it's a weed. It's growing up and it's choking out the things in my mind. Let me say, just like weeds, you don't have to ask for it or look for it. I promise you, it will make its way into your mind. That's why you, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. You got to sit there and say, well, wait a minute. How did that get in here? Nope, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip that weed out and throw it out. I'm not going to think about that. Things whatsoever, things are lovely. This is a cool word because it's the opposite of bitter. So the thing is, some things might not even be necessarily sin. But it might be something that you think of something that happened five years ago, that happened with your spouse five months ago that you had a falling out with a friend or whatever, and you made it right. You talked about it, and it creeps right back into your mind. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, man, 
I can't believe they did that. It's already been forgiven. It's already been dealt with. It's not lovely. It's not bringing love or joy or peace to your mind. It's the opposite. The Bible says if it's not lovely, it's got to go. If it's causing your mind to go to bitterness, it's got to go. And man, that happens with all of us. You'll think of something that happened 20 years ago, something that happened with, as a child, and you're upset at your parents, and you're thinking, man, and all of a sudden, you're allowing things in your mind that are not good. It says, whatsoever things are of a good report. That, that good report literally means uh, of where it comes from. Does it, does it have a good reputation? Does it come from a good source? You know, I, I, I think about, we, we talk about on TV and politics and everything, fake news. Let me tell you, there can be in our lives a lot of fake news. People that can come up and spread rumors about you or church or family or family division, family drama or whatever. You stop and say, wait a minute, that, that's not coming from a good source. That, that's probably not true. And you think about it, it's, it's got to get out of my mind because that's not edifying me. It's not building me up. So it goes through this thing and it says, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report. In verse 8, it says, if there be any virtue, there be any praise. These are the only things that you can think about. This is, this is what you've got to allow in your mind and everything else has to go. God is literally saying you need to go into your mind and weed out the lust and weed out the bitterness and weed out the discord, weed out those things that cause you to be stressed and anxiety. Get it out. And the Bible literally says it produces virtue and praise. Now, let's break these things down. Virtue is behavior showing high morals or standards. If you are going to be strong in the character of God, you have this virtue about that. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman. The things that you allow to cultivate in your mind is the virtue that comes out of you. Let me say to the men that are watching right now, if you allow junk of this world and things that are immoral and lustful to come into your mind, that's the character that will come out of your behavior. For young men that will be watching, it's the same thing. If you allow that junk to come into your mind, it is what you'll be expecting out of a dating relationship. It's unhealthy. There's no virtue to it. It's the same thing with anybody. And ladies, if you allow these things that are wrong and you walk around, you're bitter, you're angry, you're mad, you're constantly negative about things. You can't talk about anything without being bitter or angry about it. There's no virtue in that. You're no longer that virtuous woman. There's no godly character. You're bitter. You're angry. You're grouchy. You're negative. Your kids don't want to be around you. Your spouse doesn't want to be around you. People at church look at you and say, I don't want to start a conversation or here they come because I know. And you've got to stop and say, what do you feed your mind with? Why is it that there's no virtue or godly character or, or, or the other part of this is praise? That is literally meaning to applaud. That word means to applaud commendable things, things worth celebrating. There's nothing that's coming out of your character without people say, man, that was awesome. Man, I love being around that person because they really build me up. They lift me up. They're encouraging. You say, man, I, I'm so glad that you're my friend. I'm so glad that I have you in my life. The Bible says if you're not cultivating these six things in your mind and you've allowed these other things to grow up in your mind, do you know what you're producing out of your mind? An attitude or a character about you that nobody even wants to be around. It's the opposite of applauding. It is, uh, oh, no, not again. What did they post this time? Oh, great. Man, are they never happy? Is it always negative? Are they always irritated? Can you not have anything good coming out of your mouth? 
out of your mind, anything, all of this, and it, and it just ruins things. You think about that. The Bible thing says to think on these things at the end of it. You got to think on, meditate on these things. Let me bring you through an illustration of why this is so, so important about how these bad things come into your mind. And if you're not being that bouncer and you're saying, no, get out of it, because here's the truth. They're going to get in. 70,000 thoughts a day coming to your mind. Every time you look at something, you're processing something, it's going to come into your mind. It's a matter of what you do with it. And you sit there and say, man, I had a negative thought. Well, welcome to humanity. <laughs> you say, I had a lustful thought. Well, welcome to being human. If you think you're going to live a life and live in here, you'd have to walk around with blinders and earplugs 24-7. You're not going to get away with, from it. You're not. It's what you allow to grow in your mind. It's about what you meditate upon, where you allow it to stay there, where it takes root. Okay, take the story of David and Bathsheba. So, and it came to pass in 2 Samuel eleven two, and it came to pass in the evening time that David arose off his bed and he walked upon the roof of the king's house. From the roof, he saw a woman washing herself and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now, did David know that this woman was up there? According to this passage, it doesn't allude to the fact that he went up there to spy on her. It was just something that happened. It's like looking at a billboard or seeing something come across your screen or a TV show or whatever. It, it happens. It's going to happen. Satan loves to, to spread those weeds into your mind. It's going to happen. And, and what he should have done is David saw it. The thought came into his mind. And he, the Bible even says, and she was very beautiful. It was, he was tempted. I want to look at her again. I, I, I'd like to see that. Maybe he walked away and he went back. But then he began to stare. It began to, it began to meditate in his mind. Now notice, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 3, and David sent and inquired after the woman. It went from what he allowed into his mind, the weed that he allowed, and it began to take root and choke out the good. Begin to overcome what should have been there. And he says, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam? the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Remember, thoughts turn into actions. What you cultivate your mind turns into actions. And David sent a messenger and he took her and she came to him and he laid with her. So how did all that start? Well, it it started by saying something and, and it came in, but he should have said, whatsoever things are pure, this is not pure. Whatsoever things are honest, no, this, this, she belongs to somebody else. Whatsoever things are, are, are a good report, this is going to ruin my reputation. Whatsoever things are truth, we talked about that at the beginning. Is, is this right to do? No, it's wrong to do. Should have come in and he should have held it to that standard and been that, that bouncer for his mind and said, no, it's got to go and walked away from it. Because the more you think about something, the more it takes root. The more something takes root, the stronger it gets. The stronger something gets, the more it chokes out everything else that is there. So it doesn't matter what else you've planted. If you have the weeds there and you don't remove the weeds, it will choke out all the good in your life that you did. So let me bring some application as we close this out. Number one, how do we apply this? Evaluate what you think about. We, we, we have to view our eyes and our ears as gates to our heart and our mind. And you, you need to screen it. You need to ask questions. Does your music bring you down? 
Are you listening to things that have profanity? Are you listening to things that breed rebellion? Are you listening and, and allowing things to come into your mind that are sexual things that bring your mind into another direction? You need to evaluate the shows that you're watching, the movies that you go to, the music that you listen to. Evaluate what your kids are doing, what they're listening to. Evaluate. We, we need to evaluate what you think about. Look at it and say, wait a minute. Does, is, is this whatsoever things are true, kind, just, all these things that we talked about? Num- number two, cultivate what you think about. See, the thing is, you want to produce the good. I, in our garden, I wanted the corn to grow. I wanted the okra. I wanted the tomatoes. I wanted the radishes and the cucumbers and all that stuff. I wanted that. So the thing that you want to do is you want to cultivate those things. You water them. You keep the weeds out, but you allow those things to grow So the thing is, you've got to plant the right things in your mind. Feed your mind, plant in your mind those things that you want to be there. Those things that are good and just and pure. And so read books. Man, you should be reading books that are going to cultivate a mindset. You walk away, and we do this with the guys and the pastors all the time. We'll read something and say, man, I just read this. I never thought of this before. It really made me view or think of this differently. Set up a Bible plan to read. Memorize scripture. Put things into your heart and mind. Post things. Listen to podcasts. Get on Right Now Media and look up Bible studies and how to become a, a better person, have more better character. And here's the third thing. Meditate on the truth in your mind. This will naturally happen. You've you got to think about what is meditate. You allow something that you put into your mind to stay there and you, you, you ponder, you think about it it's like having a song stuck in your head. It gets in your head and you memorize it. It's the same thing if you're reading something and you want to memorize it, you read it over and over again. You're putting it into your heart and mind. So how we listen to the radio and we'll end up walking around singing a song because we, we allowed it to meditate in our minds or we listen to it over and over again and it sticks. Do you know what happens when you cultivate a plant or, or, or some sort of vegetable? It's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and it's going to get stronger, and it's going to produce things that are good. And that is why this is so important. We have to take this to, to heart, because if we're allowing it, if we're allowing bitterness and lust and rebellion, it would choke out what is good. So let me close with this. We ask God to help us all the time. God, give me a better week. God, help me to, to be positive. Help me to be a better wife or a husband. Help me, Lord, to be stronger in my faith. God's going to help you. I promise you. He, he made promises in this passage, but there are things that are in your control that you should do. And that's a, it's the same thing with this. It's, it's, it's important for us to see what he's saying. Verse nine, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Do these things. Paul didn't just say, you've learned them and received them, you've taken them in. Just like, listen, you've got to get to the point where you say, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to be the balancer of my mind. I'm going to cultivate that which is good. Then the Bible follows up with, and the peace of God shall be with you. You know, you know you, that's, that's the thing that's important with this. The, literally, it's saying, what does the peace of God do? The Bible says, when you cultivate that which is strong, it produces peace. It produces joy. It's going to come out of your life. You're going to wake up and you think, man, I had such a good day. Well, stop. If you say that, why? What did you think about all day? What was going through your heart and mind? Probably whatever you put in it, whatever you cultivated, whatever you planted, whatever you allowed to be there. 
And this is so important. We, we keep the weeds of our mind out. We remove it and we plant the right things in our minds. And the product is what God does. God produces joy and peace in our minds. And the, the, this is the fact. Peace grows in a garden of righteousness. Peace will grow in a garden of righteousness. So it just depends. The kind of week that you're going to have, what's going to come out of your life is really the kind of thought life that you're going to have. The kind of thought life that's going to have is whether you get the junk out and cultivate the good that's in there and allow it to get stronger and be there. But if you do nothing, I promise, if you're not guarding your heart, if you're not consciously thinking about this, I guarantee you sin will come in, bitterness and anger and wrath and lust and all these other things. Those weeds will naturally, you come back and be like, I don't know why I'm a miserable person. I don't care and I'm aggravated and I'll post and say and whatever I want to. If you were to pull back the curtains of your mind and see in there, that's because the garden of your mind is filled with weeds of junk that should not be there because you've allowed it to happen. It doesn't have to be that way. Let's guard our hearts. Let's cultivate the good. Let's have a mind that is filled with the things that are right.